Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. A contentious story to be found on Herald Online, Bring Back the Cane. A call from various people, including teachers and education departments. This is a school's countrywide experience a spike in rude delinquent pupils who threaten, intimidate and insult staff and their peers. Corporal punishment has been illegal in this country since 1996, but there are some who believe it was a mistake and that there should be corporal punishment in schools. One of the organizations that put forward this argument is the political party, the ACDP, African Christian Democratic Party. And joining us on the line now from the ACDP is Lance Grootboom. Morning, Lance. Morning, Darren, and thanks for having me this morning. It's a contentious issue. A pleasure to have you on the show. Can you explain what the reasoning is? Listen, the ACDP has been um, always uh, against uh, uh, the uh, not not against in favour of corporal punishment. Uh, then, because we we believe obviously in freedom of religion, and we believe at that time that based on a biblical principle that uh, states that foolishness is in the heart of a child and only the rod of correction can drive it out. And we have seen now since uh, corporal punishment has been abolished, you can see the escalation of crime, children that is undisciplined, and you can see how many uh, teachers have been uh, abused by uh, school children or students over the years. Now, Darren, I need to say this, that we are against abuse. And we know that over the years, there were child abuse at school. Some teachers did go to the extreme, but it is not in all cases. When one has to look now at the discipline of school children, of students, it is a shock. And you can see across our nation that how many children are expelled from school because of teachers that has no right to even moderate or reasonable chastise children. So ACDP has been always against um, the abolishment of corporal punishment. But Lance, we're a society that doesn't want to encourage violent behavior. Caning someone is an act of violence. I know you're saying it's in order to instill discipline, but it's certainly open to abuse and it is violence, which is not something we want to encourage in this country. You correct, uh, uh, Darren, and that's why the Constitutional Court then in the Williams case, I think it was in 95, said that uh, corporal punishment is inhumane and it's degrading. But, I, but, 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 but we believe that when you apply reasonable you know, uh, chastisement, then it's something else, you know, but to totally remove it from school is a problem. You must also understand, Darren, they have now escalated this to the house, to the home. Since 2018, children, uh, parents are prohibited from applying moderate chastisement to their children. It used to be a common law defense where a parent can uh, discipline a child, you know, by giving him a spanking or something of that sort, with, when they call it reasonable chastisement, you know. Who would decide on what is fair and reasonable, though? Because that's a subjective assessment which will differ from person to person. That is correct. That's why I'm bringing up the common law position, which has always been an objective assessment. When, because in the past, it used to be in defense. You know, it's a common law defense 
that when a child goes and lays a, char- a charge against his parents for, for example, abuse or not abuse or for assault, the court applies, there's still a defense, but that defense has been removed. And that's where the test is applied, whether it was moderate, whether it was reasonable. And I think that same approach should have been applied with corporal punishment. We, we shouldn't have just prohibited or abolished it in its entirety. We should have applied like what it was during the common law principle of reasonable chastisement, allowing children obviously to lay complaints if they feel that that chastisement was unreasonable, but to remove it, we have to look at the pros and the cons of this. What does the impact of this have now on society as a whole? And I know there are a lot of people that is against it, but myself, I can talk for myself. I was spanked and I didn't turn out that bad. But I do understand there are people that abuse, and hence we said that if government should change, there should be a referendum. And if that referendum succeeds, we have to look at moderate and reasonable chastisement, you know, under the supervision of a parent or a family member, uh, should a child at school not, um, um, uh, when you want to apply a measure of discipline. It has worked over the years, I believe it. And one can see now what impact it has on society because the the, 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 the abolishment is definitely not giving the desired effect or the intention what it should have been. And, and that's what we see. Undisciplined children, unruly children. We even see it in our education and the past rate. All of that has a huge impact on society and on learners. Lance, we've all seen various video clips uh, which tend to go viral. One in just the course of the last 30 days or so show a situation where a learner actually jumps onto the back of a teacher, puts his arm around his neck while the other pupils in the class cheer on and they don't step in and prevent this abuse that was going on. That's the sort of thing that no one wants to see happen. Exactly. And that is what is happening. Remember, there are so many matters that is not even reaching the social media platform or even it's in the public domain. You know, there are a lot of uh, teachers that has been abused, children going to school with firearms in the northern areas, you know, threatening teachers. You have some teachers paying even uh, what they call um, what, what, what's this word protection fees, you know, because of child going to school with a gun you know, selling drugs at the school level. All this have escalated over the years. And I always say this, we all, we never study, we make a decision to abolish, but we don't look at the consequences of that abolishment of that decision. We should have studied the consequences, what the consequences, what the impact would have. We have to have weighed that into what was at that time when the, the law was there and before we changed it. Obviously, the Constitution had it in and the court sees it unconstitutional then in 95, and government had to obviously uh, uh, abolish all the laws in terms of your school act and all that. But one had to look at the consequences over the years. And that's the thing. There were no assessment done. There were no tests done. They were not looking. They didn't know what the future was holding on if they were going to remove that. And that is the problem when we make decisions without studying the consequences. That's why you see this problem that you just shared with us. And there are hundreds of them in every school in our city, not every school, but most of our schools in our, in our country that has the same problem. And that's why teachers are crying out now and say, please bring back moderate chastisement. Please bring back 
the corporal punishment so that there's some form of discipline at least at school. I appreciate you joining us on Behind the Herald Headlines today. Lance Grootboom from the ACDP. Learner discipline remains a concern for everyone. It's a reality we face in some schools. Physical or verbal abuse and harassment of educators, staff or other learners cannot be tolerated. I think everyone would agree on that particular point. Thanks for joining us. Lance, have a great day. We'll chat to you soon. Thanks, Thanks Darren. Behind the Herald headlines with Darren Mann now continuing our chat about the possible reintroduction of corporal punishment into our schools. We're joined by Basil Manuel, who's from NAPTOSA, the teachers' union. Basil, thank you for joining us. In general, what's happening here is we're seeing viral videos, the recent one from April, uh, a grade 11 pupil in that case from a school in Krugersdorp, jumping onto the back of a 65-year-old teacher, holding him around the neck in a vice-like grip while all his fellow pupils and learners cheered him on. This is not a good look for us as a society or as a school system, is it? Good morning. Good morning, Darren, and thanks for having me. Darren, at first, Naptoza will never support the reintroduction of corporal punishment for a variety of reasons, and we want to acknowledge that there are some serious disciplinary issues in many, many schools. And many schools are becoming what we euphemistically term hard to teach at schools, where um, the, 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 the general respect for the disciplinary codes have fallen away. Uh, ours is to see what has happened and how we can correct that. But reintroducing um, corporal punishment in, in a country that is beset by violence of all manner, and where children themselves are the the, the biggest victims of violence being perpetrated. Uh, We can't see that the reintroduction of corporal punishment will ever be a solution. Basil, we do see these problems, though, and if corporal punishment is not a solution, you certainly present a a reasonable argument, but if corporal punishment is not a solution, What other methods and mechanisms can be employed to make sure we don't have physical or verbal abuse of anyone who's attending our schools? Darren, we believe that the first thing is to ensure that principals as as the core leaders of schools are in fact uh, in tune with what is today required in terms of having a a school that that is well run and where there's a disciplinary Uh, where the atmosphere is one where people respect one another. Now, that's easier said than done. And discipline breaks down easier than you build it up. That's uh, point one. Point two is, of course, the principal has has got to get the staff behind him or her. And uh, if you don't, then that's another problem. The third one is to get the parents behind the ethos of the school, what the school wants to to identify with as this is who we are and what we present. Only when those three are working together, you can draw the pupils in. But when we're all running in different directions, it's not going to happen. The question is more how we achieve that. At the moment, expulsion appears to be the most severe form of censure that is available to schools and education departments when it comes to problem learners. That doesn't seem to be having the desired effect, though, does it? No, it doesn't, simply because uh, expulsion is is a long process. And, uh, of course, 
you, you, you're fighting a myriad of laws that also give children certain rights, and the right to, to education is one of them. And you can't summarily just kick a child out of school. You have a 12-year-old or 13 or 15-year-old suddenly not having an opportunity to, to gain an education. That's not allowed. And then the, the problem then lies with the, your, your political authority, the MEC, who needs to see that that child's education continues. So very often it's better for them to uh, try and ensure that the school keeps the child. Uh, or reintroduces the child into another school. But there are children that have serious, serious problems, Darren. And, the, and our biggest issue is that we don't have any systems at schools, except in a, a very few, where there are teacher counselors, where there are people that can detect problems, problems other than school-related problems that children bring to school and assist them with that. And until we have some of those measures in place, we will continually having issues arise in our schools. Basil, I am going to ask you about how parents should react if they feel that their child is going to a school and unruly fellow learners are bullying them or victimising them in some other way. Because I would agree, neither you nor I want to send our child to a school where a teacher could physically harm them or abuse them. But at the same time, we also don't want to send them to a school where other learners can basically make their life a misery. And there are parents who are very concerned about the behavior of fellow learners. Absolutely, Darren. The old adage that my rights can't stop when your rights begin uh, applies here. Uh, Because the child has a right to education doesn't mean he has the right to disrupt my child's education. And so parents do have... A certain authority, and they they can make a noise, and they can also ensure that uh, there there are some um, there's action against uh, children who are perpetually unruly. But we also have problem parents. What do you think would be a reasonable solution, Basil, to a pupil who comes home and tells their parents other pupils are bringing weapons, knives, guns in some cases, and drugs to school? and that they're afraid of those other children. How, how should a parent react positively in a situation like that? The parent has to approach the school, and the school must take action. Darren, such things are very real, you know. And uh, first of all, the school has, has a right to, to search children. It has a right to confiscate things. It is captured in law. You don't need to have uh, a special permission uh, to do that. If there's reasonable concern about safety, and of course, uh, if there's concern about contraband coming into the school, you can do that. Now, schools are doing that, but certain schools, uh, teachers are also afraid to do that. If you talk about the Cape Flats, for example, uh, having just a random search and seizure is, is going to cause mayhem. So there are problems everywhere, whilst there are solutions that are problems as well. The major problem for South Africa, though, is if we don't deal with this challenge in a forthright way and put an end to it as far as is humanly possible, our entire education system, which is already under pressure, is at risk of collapsing. Teachers will be reluctant to enter the workforce and the education system. Parents will be reluctant to send their children to a school where there's drugs and and weapons openly on show. So unless... There is a solution. I, I cannot see how we're going to improve our educational um, system. The Your perspective thoughts? is this. Just in terms of schools that have serious problems, 
we count them uh, in, in about uh, 10% of our 25,000 schools. Now, 2,500 schools is a huge number, but that's the first perspective. The second one being that you're absolutely, absolutely right. When once people uh, feel that the school isn't serve, serving their need, they tend to walk away. They tend to take their children elsewhere. And we, we have schools even today, uh, and I'm making reference again to the Cape, where there are empty classes, yet the Cape is unable to place all their children in, in schools because those schools have become zones where no uh, thinking parent wants to send their children to. And I agree, unless we improve conditions in those schools, we are going to sit with a, uh, a group of children that won't have uh, the proper education we want them to have. And also, they become problems in society as a result. Final question for you, Basil. Have you had any pressure from teachers, educators themselves, regarding discipline measures that need to be instituted at schools? Because quite often, they're the ones who hurt it on the front line. Darren, we have many, many teachers who want to just move from one school to another, saying, I can't teach here. Remember, the workforce of teachers is primarily female, and they are even under greater threat in the very difficult schools. We have countless teachers who ask for advice around being assaulted. Now, I'm using the word advisedly, but we've, we have teachers that have been physically pushed around, etc., but they don't want to lay charges because of fear of repercussions, even though we encourage them and we say, look, we are happy to take the case further. They say, no, I just want advice. And uh, we have cases of bullying of teachers. So teachers are under pressure. They are very, very under pressure in certain areas. And um, we've brought this to the, to the basic education ministry. We've had discussions, and we also have a plan of action. But some of those plans, unfortunately, are not worth the paper they're written on, because we are reliant on provinces to, to act on them. And it doesn't happen in the same way and with the same fervor as happened in the meeting when you first addressed it. I think we're going to leave it there. We would agree, I think, Basil, we want our children to go to schools where they feel safe and we want our teachers to teach in schools where they feel safe as well. It's a difficult problem, but it's one that we certainly, certainly need to address and resolve if we are to move forward as South African society. Absolutely. Thank you, Darren. That was today's edition of Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann.